0: Tribalism sucks. Critical thinking is pretty cool. Thanks for being part of American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson.
1: Is big tech violating the First Amendment rights of conservatives? Dennis Prager and Prager University videos are suing YouTube saying... They're violating the right to free speech, are they? I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. I'm joined now by Jacob Solem. He is a senior editor with Reason Magazine, and one of his recent articles really caught my eye. It's entitled simply, YouTube is not the government. You really should check it out. Let's talk to Jacob right now. Jacob, thank you so much for the time today.
0: Sure, no problem.
1: Okay, so the article, uh, I found it really interesting and and pretty thought-provoking because, It's not a matter of whether or not uh, YouTube or Google or anybody are doing what's right. We're talking about the claims of constitutional issues when it comes to censorship and free speech. Uh, Particularly, you're talking about Dennis Prager's organization's uh, lawsuit. They're arguing they're being censored. But as I understand what you're writing, they might be. But their claim for a First Amendment is what's debatable here. First Amendment violation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite clear that YouTube can't violate the First Amendment. The YouTube is not the government. Uh, a First Amendment violation requires government action. That's very clear based on Supreme Court precedent. Um, so, if you look at the decisions uh, YouTube has made, um, they are puzzling, I guess, to say the least. I'm not sure there is any rhyme or reason to it. If you they have in the Prager U lawsuit. They have a list of a bunch of videos that they made that were that were, uh, you know, uh, in restricted mode. You can't see them, so uh, they're considered to be inappropriate for a, a broad audience. Um, that is significant in the sense that um, a lot of institutional uh, computers are automatically set in restricted mode, so libraries and that sort of thing. Uh, in terms of total users, it's not that significant. I think it's one to two percent. Of users uh, are are looking at uh, YouTube in restricted mode, uh, but th- if you look at the videos that, that have been that have been restricted they really you know they they they, they give you uh, uh videos on different topics and show you other videos from a different perspective on the same topic and that are not restricted and they certainly seem to make on the face of it a good case that it doesn't make sense I mean you look at a lot of these videos there's straightforward discussions of political issues or historical issues it doesn't seem like the sort of thing where you would say oh we don't want minors to be looking at this so i think they have a good case in that sense whether it's actually political ideology that is dictating what get restri- get, gets restricted. I'm not sure. It's certainly plausible that that plays a role, because you have humans involved, It's not just algorithms. Right. At a certain point, humans do actually review these things. So even if it's not intentional, it might very well be that people's own uh, politics and ideologies influence their decisions about, you know, what's appropriate or not appropriate. So I, I think that's plausible. But it's quite clear, whatever you think about all that, that uh, YouTube is not violating the First Amendment, which is what Prager is claiming. Yeah,
1: and the accusation obviously strikes a really emotional chord with a lot of people. I mean, you've got Senator Josh Hawley standing next to the president uh, talking about uh, big tech and Google and YouTube and everybody, uh, social media, censoring the rights videos and the rights uh, expression and um, there's just a sense of that's not fair we need to fight back if they're not violating the first amendment is there some kind of recourse Uh, because i mean youtube is just the platform i mean nobody's able to compete with them so what is a recourse if there is any if they are in fact uh squashing viewpoints they don't like
0: that argument that they are they're dominating the market basically um, is one that that uh, PragerU emphasizes. Uh, but what's interesting is that they don't really it doesn't really depend hinge on that in the end because what what their lawyer ended up saying when he was arguing before the Ninth Circuit was the the pro- real problem is that YouTube says we are viewpoint neutral right. Now, they do say, because they say that, that helps them dominate the market, right? So that's connected in that sense. But what they actually said was, well, if YouTube admits we're not viewpoint neutral, we would have no problem. We would not have an issue. We'd drop our lawsuit. Um, So that's very interesting to me because it means that your description of yourself can make you, uh, you know, into a quasi-governmental, you know, entity, which doesn't really make sense. Uh, But, yes, so what are the options? They can continue using YouTube. They're actually doing very well. Um, even though they, ha- you know, a bunch of their videos are restricted, like I said, it doesn't have that big an impact on those videos. And then a lot of the videos are not restricted. Um, they can make it available on their own uh, website. You know, people who are, feel like YouTube is biased can try to, uh, you know, start alternative uh, video platforms. Um, it, it's important to note that these arguments are not new. These arguments that you know certain uh, parts of the media landscape become dominant and therefore sort of like the government. These arguments go way back. There was a case the Supreme Court heard decades ago involving right of reply in a newspaper. You know, if a a candidate had been uh, criticized uh, in a newspaper, did he have a right of reply? Um, and, And he made these arguments about how Uh, you know, the media used to be, you know, scattered and, and, and lots of different entities, but now it is increasingly concentrated in the hands of a few, say. So you have these big dominant local newspapers, for example. Um, and, you know, so he made that argument that, that, so therefore it comes more like the government was sort of the argument. And the Supreme Court very clearly rejected that, saying, no, this is not. You know, the government is forced. And these people are, you know, uh, these people are not using public resources. They're not forcing anybody to do anything. This is their newspaper. Um, you don't have a right to demand space in, in their newspaper. So this is very much analogous to that. And I don't think, in principle, the arguments have gotten any different, even though we're talking about you know, on, an online forum now as opposed to print
1: we're visiting with Jacob Solomon, a senior editor with Reason Magazine. Okay, Jacob, let me go to kind of what this all means for for all of us. Um, I mean, when it comes to the potential consequences, uh, regardless of how the court is going to rule, if the court says, nope, you've made yourself into a platform, therefore you can't, uh, you know, you cannot make these decisions on what's available and what's not and what's restricted and what is, is there a possible consequence intended or unintended that could affect people outside of just a YouTube channel dispute?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the problem is then that it creates an incentive to not try to be neutral. Um, you know, they, they, Prager conceded that if YouTube says we're not neutral, then that's fine. But do they really want that? I mean, isn't it nice, even if they fail to actually be neutral in, in all respects, isn't it nice for at least some of these platforms to aspire to that, to the idea that We are presenting a diverse range of viewpoints, you know, even though we personally may not agree with them, they think it's important that they be out there in the same way that, you know, a a newspaper's, uh, you know, op-ed page might strive to do that, even though they do it imperfectly, obviously. Uh, So I think that that would be bad. I mean, I think we want to at least have some platforms out there that are like that. You may have others that cater to particular points of view and particular political perspectives, uh, but... If they actually succeeded in pressing this argument, it would mean that nobody in his right, no no company in his right mind would say, you know, we're establishing a neutral or, you know, platform for a wide range of of viewpoints, because that would make them liable. Um, So I I think it'll have the an effect opposite from what they intend.
1: This is uh, one of the arguments I've heard as far as particularly with uh, Facebook and and some of the other social media. And and, uh, this is, you know, the president's accusations. I mentioned Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. It was a little bit of a stretch for me but i'd love to get your perspective in the last minute or so that we've got jacob and that is that social media is trying to influence elections by censoring certain viewpoints and thereby uh, if they're trying to influence elections then we all have a stake in them being fair and letting everybody speak across the spectrum it's still a private platform though but there is they're arguing a bigger picture and a bigger impact of what they're doing does that hold any merit with you
0: well, there's always been a bigger picture to anybody speaking in any form, right? I mean, any, you know, anybody who's speaking on, on issues that are re- related to elections or public policy is trying to influence debate, potentially trying to influence elections. That's always been true. There's nothing, you know, different in principle about these particular platforms. So if you're going to say the government has to regulate debate on social media for the sake of the, our democracy, um, the same argument would mean the government just has to regulate debate in general. And that's a very dangerous road to go down. I mean, look at look at the decisions that YouTube ends up making when it tries to control you know, its own platform. Imagine the government trying to make judgments like that. It's right. a scary
1: thought. Yep, yep. Now, right, Jacob, uh, they can find your article, which, again, is called YouTube is Not the Government. Uh, if they want to be in touch, is it just Reason.com? That's right. All right, Jacob Solon, thanks so much for the time and the perspective. Really appreciate it. Sure just ahead starting college but not finishing the degree that's happening a lot right now so how big of a problem is it for you and for me not talking about just the students and what if anything should we do about it we'll talk about that just ahead right here on american viewpoints
0: do you agree with mike or did he get it wrong just now let us know on the american viewpoints facebook page You feel petrified. You're struggling with your mortgage payments. Not knowing what to do, you do nothing. But if you do something, you're far more likely to get the most positive outcome. Making Home Affordable is a free government program. Call 888-995-HOPE to talk one-on-one with a housing expert about your options. Call 888-995-HOPE
1: or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council.